the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the staff, management, or ownership of this station. The following program is sponsored by Max Out Savings Advisors. The views expressed during the broadcast are solely for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily express the views of KNTH, its management, Max Out Savings Advisors, or its sponsors. Max Out Savings Advisors and members of the Max Out Savings team may or may not hold securities mentioned during the show. Plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings. And nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka, and we're talking savings investments in your retirement, as always, on the Max Out Savings Show. Our motto and our philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term. And in today's challenging times where we've got the coronavirus, we've got a Cold War with China, we've got a presidential election coming up, uh, tremendous amounts. We just have uh, unemployment over 10%. We just recently, well, uh, the government shutdown of the, by the coronavirus has left us with the worst, some of the worst numbers since the Great Depression, and now we're recovering. And so it's more important than ever to continue to save money. Uh, the, the debt to GDP is over 20%. Uh, which something is good. Well, we're going to be approaching over twenty percent. This is something we haven't seen since World War II, and, and so eventually this money somehow is going to have to be paid back. Most likely, way it's going to be is going to be inflation. And uh, if the Democrats get in there, it'll be sooner rather than later. Uh, and you know, are we going to have uh, free market capitalism and democracy? Or are we going to adopt more socialist and Marxist ideas that? Uh, are really being promulgated by many on, on the Democratic side. Uh, they, they've got a front man that looks pretty pretty reasonable, but underneath it is, is probably the most radical agenda the country's seen since the 1930s. And, and, and so in that environment, you've got to save more money. You've got to invest more money. The interesting thing is, as we were writing something in, this about the Max Out, in the Max Out Savings Report, uh, People are saving more money. The savings rate is going up. What's happened is, is people are getting extra funds from unemployment. They're 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 not going out as much. They're not spending, but so they're putting away money. They're they're banking money. They're paying off debt. Uh, so a lot of good things are happening. People are cautious. They know that they, you know, they're not sure what's going to happen next. Uh, we've got the coronavirus. I mean, where, where do we go with that? We have some thoughts on that as well. And, uh, you know, what some one of the good things that's coming out of this is we are seeing the uh, the innovation of the United States of America. Uh, you know, Russia rushed out a vaccine and and uh, they've announced they have a vaccine. Well, they're basically testing it. And they just in the in the testing phase, they just decided said that they had it. But we probably have. I think we're working on over, well, I know we're working on over 10 different vaccines that the United States government has has put forward. Uh, not only that, we're actually giving out contracts to make the glass vials for the vaccines, uh, the, the injector uh, systems for the vaccines. We're putting all this ahead of time so the minute we have a good vaccine, it'll be available to the American public. And, and, and what you're seeing is massive innovation, well over 10 different vaccine companies, most of them in the United States. Uh, again, we're leading the world on this. If, if you look at, at the innovation of, of, of the American people, it's been extraordinary. I mean, 
Basically, within one month, uh, the corporate America and the American people figured out how to work from home, which, which you know, wasn't even possible. We're cramming a decade's worth of technological innovation within a six to nine month period with remote learning, remote working, and uh, and to c- continue to do business of the United States of America uh, in, in the pandemic. And so these are extraordinary things. Enormous amounts of innovation are coming out of this. Typically in a crisis is what you see is a lot of innovation because people have to make do and get things done. We're seeing that. It's exciting. We're leading the world, uh, which, which is just fantastic. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's disappointing Listening to the Democratic Convention, uh, you know, uh, you know, talk about no hope. Uh, it, it, they just, you know, they're, they're stuck in the mud. They, they, you know, they're, they're doing everything they can to sabotage the recovery because it makes President Trump look good. And, uh, you know, they're talking about testing. The U.S. has, what was it? We have 4% of the population and 25% of the cases. And you go, oh, whoa, that's terrible. I think Bill Clinton said that. But then if you look at it, you know, I pulled up some, some testing numbers. And, and it basically worked out like this. Uh, the United States is, is doing test, more testing per capita than almost anywhere in the world. It's 2.14 tests per 1,000 people. Uh, if you look at... Uh, if you, if you look at, at France and Germany, and we're, we're doing almost, you know, about 80% more testing than per thousand per capita than France and Germany and Spain. So we're, we're doing much more testing. Uh, we're fine. Mexico. Mexico, the coronavirus is running rampant through South America. They're doing, we're doing 30 times more testing than Mexico, which what this, what this simply means is, is in these countries, there's no testing being done, so the people are getting the coronavirus unless they just flat out die from it. People, you know, it's not being reported as the coronavirus. So the coronavirus is spreading all over the world. We're doing a good job of handling it. Yeah, I mean, we didn't lock everything down, but we realized we need to plow through and get this economy going. We don't live in a, in a, a Marxist country where where they can lock everybody down and. And, you know, if people want to get out, they, they, you know, they seal the doors with welding torches, which they did in Wuhan in some cases. This is the United States of America. And so we're powering through this and, and we're recovering. Things are looking good. But, you know, there, we're coming up to some question marks, which we're going to have to deal with in here of, of where do we go from here? And, and this, is, this is some of the things. Uh, so so a, a couple thoughts on this. Uh, we'll get to the markets later on. Uh, the schools. There's some real interesting articles about the schools. The Republicans say, look, we need to get the, the schools reopened. The Democrats say, no, 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 it's much too dangerous. We can't risk our children. And, uh, so we have to keep the schools closed, which is really, so New York still hasn't decided whether they get the schools opened or not. And, which is really fascinating because in the 1918 pandemic, uh, which spread across one of the things that, that, that New York did right was they reopened the schools and they really didn't have a problem. It, 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 and so this is one of the things New York really screwed up a lot of things in the 1918 pandemic, unlike say St. Louis, but they did reopen the schools, but this time they can't. And so what's happening is all the New Yorkers that are leaving were thinking of coming back. Now they're registering their kids in schools all over the rest of the country in Connecticut, Rhode Island, uh, New Jersey, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, upstate New York. Now, I talked to a cousin of mine up in Rochester. I mean, it, it's complete. They cannot keep up with the housing. He's home building. They can't keep up. It's the best economy for real estate they've ever seen up there. People are like, look, I don't need New York City. I'm going to go someplace nicer where they don't have a socialist mayor and in looting and uh, in violence throughout the city. Uh and, 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 and so the schools, they're not sure if they can reopen. Tech, Houston, uh, Texas is reopening the schools. Why are schools reopening important? Now, I want to run some numbers by you on this. Uh, the, I saw a couple articles. we got about 56 million students in this country. And if they don't reopen, some, some of the things, it's $700 billion in lost revenue in, product, in productivity. Uh, we could see a school closure, reset closure, recession. What do you mean by that, Ted? 
basically what why it's important to reopen the schools is a couple things is on retail sales just back to school retail sales are 15 percent of all of retail so this is a huge thing so all when you reopen schools all types of things happen all types of jobs are created uh, I'll give an example, just trash. Trash collection in the country, 4% of the revenue comes from schools. It, that, I mean, it's just one minor thing. It's like that. The, the productivity comes out to be $56 billion lost per month it, just because parents can't, they, they're stuck at home or they can't do something because their kids are at home. And, and, and so what we're talking about is, is about point. Two percent of GDP is what it could cost us. Uh, it could cost us 150 billion dollars if schools don't reopen. That's just lost productivity. But it's worse than that. The kids are falling behind in school, and in addition, we have about 14 percent of the country of the kids need special needs of some type. They're not going to get the help they need. You're going to see you're going to see suicides go up. You're going to see all types of problems with kids. You're going to see alcohol, drug usage uh, surge upward because a lot of the parents have to go to work and there's going to be no one watching the kids. Uh, it, it's just it's a bad situation. The wealthy, what? how are they reacting? They're moving out of town to go to a place where the schools are open or they're, they're hiring a teacher with pods. Maybe they get six other kids and pay for a te- teacher. They can afford it. They have a lot of money. But what about working people? What, what about the poor? They're stuck with nothing. The parents can't work in many cases, particularly among the working poor because of the situation, and it, it's disaster for the United States. I, I, I think you're going to see a lot of children put back by this, and so it's important to reopen these schools because it's not only going to damage our economy, it's damaging our children. And what's so disappointing is to see these basically this this whole thing breaks down along party lines, whether you're Republicans or Democrats. The Democrats don't want to open the schools up. And, and this is something we've got to get the schools reopened. We've got to get the country reopened. And, and things are improving. And we're, we're continuing to recover. I can't tell you how many times a week I, I talk to, to, to people calling in the show or, or clients and uh, friends, how busy they are, how they can't get lumber, how they can't get uh, – appliances, they can't get stonework. There's shortages of everything out there as this economy is starting to recover. And what's amazing, it's recovered pretty much, not on its own, we've had a lot of stimulus put into the program. But but what this has done, it's the ingenuity of the American people, the the, 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 the work ethic of the American people to get 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 the job done type of attitude, it it, it it's disappointing that that on the, the Democrats. I personally, I, I would like to see the suicide statistics uh, over the next since the beginning of this thing for over the next year, and then break it down based on political affiliation. And I think people will be shocked. Anybody watching CNN is brainwashed into the country, has no hope, and is being driven into the ground, and it's a complete racist disaster, and we should just disband it. And that is having huge negative effects on people's psyche. I mean, CNN has done more damage in this, and they've done everything they can to try to delay the recovery and try to cause people to lose hope when you're in a crisis, when you're in a war, when you're in a tough situation, you have to you have to encourage people. You have to sit there and lead people, and you have to show them, hey, things are getting better. We're moving forward. I mean, it's disastrous to have you know a group in this country trying to do everything they can to talk down and beat down the American people at the in a time of crisis, and it's profoundly un-American. And so, but we are moving forward with this, and we are getting it done. The schools are starting to reopen. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be spits and starts, and you, and you work through it, and you muddle through it. The good news is the hospitalizations are going down. The death rates are going down. The mortalities are going down. So what we're doing is we're getting a handle on this. We're learning how to treat it. We're learning how to avoid getting it. Wear a mask, social distance, wash your hand. All these things are starting to pay off. All that scientific work, all the, 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 the trial and error at the hospitals by doctors to sit there and figure out how to treat this are starting to pay off. And so we're making tremendous progress. So the question is, where do we go from here? And we're going to be discussing that because, you know, we've had a pretty good run in the market. We're recovering pretty well. Now, where do we go from here? We're going to cover that after we get back right here on the Next Up Savings Show.
The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Saving Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. Once again, here's your host for the Max Out Saving Show, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Saving Show. If you've got any questions or comments, you can always give us a call at 713-339-1070. We'll be happy to get your questions answered. You can also listen live anywhere in the world by going to am1070theanswer.com. Uh, or just Google in uh, 1070 KNTH and hit the Listen Live button and catch us anywhere in the world. We also have podcasts. Go to the uh, radio station website. You can hit the podcast button, and you can listen to us as well. And the final thing is you can also sign up for the free Max Out Savings Report, which we're sending out this week, uh, t- discussing a lot of the events we're talking about. Where do we go? What do we do? How do we deal with retirement? How do we deal with retirement in the, in the coronavirus time? It's all We talk about all of that in the Max Out Savings Report. I try to make it simple so you can understand it. So if you need some help, go to our website, maxoutsavings.com, maxoutsavings.com. Do you have a question? Yes. Yeah, hello, go ahead. Ted, um, I wonder about the honesty of our testing results. I have a lady who works for me, and she said her cousin and a friend went to uh, one of the drugstores to get tested for COVID-19. They had an hour to do it uh, at lunch. They had signed up, and uh, it took too much time, so they left to go back to work. They never took the test, and then a few days later, they get the results that they're positive. So, yeah, you know, you wonder if there isn't some wow. dishonesty going in on these tests. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's it. Uh, I think overall the tests are pretty good. That that Yeah, that's a concern because I'd be really concerned if, if I was the person that was positive and got the negative. Uh, but, yeah. No, it's we're doing the one good thing is we're doing more testing than almost any country in the world except probably China per capita. I think Australia's done a good job, but yeah, we're seeing a lot of the tests. You know, we're seeing a lot of, you know, I, I supposedly the false positives have really gone down, and, and so we'll see. Yeah, no, no, I agree, but you just wonder about how reliable these tests are. Somebody didn't even get the test, gets a report that she's positive. Well, you know what, that shows that, yeah, no, that's a good question. And I think, 
I think you bring up a good point because really the reliability, I think the reliability of the tests are pretty good. The problem is, is if you screw the tests up or if you make mistakes or, or if they don't have good, uh, good protocols in place, they mess the test up and clearly they messed the test up and that's really disappointing. That's an interesting point. Uh, look, uh, uh, I, I think this is really what we're looking at. I mean, it's just a tough time. We're muddling through it here. You know, they're, the situation where the testing is bad, but understand we're powering through it. We're moving forward. Uh, you know, now we've got to get these schools open. And well, the other thing I just left out too, I think we all know this, but look, the research is pretty good that, that student, that kids have a real hard time catching the coronavirus. And if they do, it tends to sit there and be pretty benign. If we were talking about reopening, you know, schools for, 80-year-old people, it would be a complete disaster, but that's not the case here. And so we've got to get these schools open. We've got to move forward, uh, and we'll we'll see what happens from here. Uh, so uh, that's what we're looking at. Uh, markets, uh, what's happening here? Where are we going from here? The markets had a good, good run. We've recovered very nicely from the bottom. And uh, after a big correction, it, and so the question is, is this the start of a new bull market going forward? And, and this is a tougher, I, I, you know, my thinking is, is we're coming up with three things as I'm trying to pull up the, the chart here on it, but we're, we've got three things we're dealing with. We got the market. It came down. We had a government a shutdown in the economy. We can't worse production, worse unemployment numbers since the Great Depression. The market plunges thirty five percent. It comes back up. I mean, in record time, we've never seen a recover bull market, uh, uh, bear market recovery like this. Uh, going forward, where do we go? And, and I think a couple things jump out here at me is that the recovery was very quick. In Looking out, uh, the we still have a lot of problems we're, we're, we're dealing with, and, and one of them, of course, is is what do we do with the uh, what what are we going to do with the election? Uh, who is going to be the president? Uh, president Trump or uh, Joe Biden? My my, my thinking my on, on the still continues to be. President Trump is going to win. As long-term listeners of the show know, we predicted President Trump was going to win in the first election back, I want to say, in July. We said if they couldn't take him out within two weeks after the Republican convention, he was going to be the next president of the United States. Uh, it, that was Nobody believed that at the time. We were right. We, we saw the, the groundswell for the president in, in, in populism. I think it's still there. Uh, I, I think there's, there's a whole lot of... Uh, uh, of support for the president. Uh, the what concerns me is is the mail-in voting. Uh, it, it, it's becoming pretty clear to everybody that the Democrats are going to try to engage in fraud at the, at, at, with the mail-in ballots to to try to throw the election. And my concern is 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 come come the next day after the election, it just becomes a complete mess. And uh, I, I think this is utterly ridiculous of mailing ballots to everybody on the planet. And, and it, it, it's very clear that's the strategy. They, they asked President Trump, you know, a month ago, what if, what if are you going to uh, step down if, if you're not declared the winner? Well, obviously, they're setting the table because the answer, they want the president to go, oh, yes, I'll be leaving. So then they, they declare the winner the next day. Uh, and it's completely based on fraud. And the Democrats said, oh, well, you have to resign. No, it has to be a fair election. Uh, you know, for, for 200 and something years, we have run fair uh, elections in the United States. We've been we've been the light for everybody in the world on elections. And now that's all going away. I mean, it, it, this is extraordinary. So so look, I mean, you, if, if you you can see just a, 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 a period of anarchy after the elections if we don't get this right. And right now, it's really not looking like we're, we're going to get it right. I mean, uh, I, I think they've sent out 70 million ballots. People are receiving ballots in other states. And so you're almost going to have to basically run computer analysis on all the ballots to see who voted once, who voted twice, uh, and should they have been in the districts, in which is a complete disaster, and it's an embarrassment for the United States of America. But in fairness, I mean, the Democrats 
have, have pretty much made it really clear to anybody that's even halfway listening that they're going to do absolutely anything to win this election. That's a pretty frightening process. So we got the election coming up. Number two, we've got the China trade war coming up. It would not, it's, it's not a trade war. It's a, it's, a, it's a flat out cold war. I mean, there's just no other way around it. The Chinese are, are, are engaged in cyber warfare, they're in, in industrial warfare, environmental warfare. Uh, in every, the, the Chinese are engaged in every form of warfare with the exception of a hot war with shooting. But in every other definition, it's a war with the Chinese. Uh, a couple thoughts on that. Uh, I think President Xi overplayed his hand. I, 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 I really, and I've said this uh, a couple months back on the show, I think, I think there's a possibility he could just be removed over there just because I really don't think it's going well for the Chinese at all. Uh, and we, this could be used to our advantage as well and uh, by moving these things back. But I think this is, this is an, a major trend affecting, affecting the market. And, and, the, and the third thing that we're dealing with is the coronavirus. Is there going to be a third wave coming back in the fall? Uh, I'm surprised we, we, you know, that we've had the second wave in the summer. That didn't happen in, in, the, in, the, in the 1918 uh, pandemic. It's happening this time, possibly because of air conditioning. But it is the problem. The problem you run into in the fall is people get sniffles, colds, allergies. And, you know, it's one of the people, one of our callers just pointed out a minute ago, you know, you rush into the Walmart or down to the hospital, get tested. Well, it's one thing if it's the summertime and, you know, anyone going in with some type of cold uh, that, you know, there's a reasonably good chance it's the coronavirus. Well, you get into the fall, into the fall and the winter, there's a really good chance it's, it's the common cold. It's another type of flu. It's an allergy. All of a sudden, your testing facilities and everything get overwhelmed. Uh, you know, I, I, earlier this week, I wasn't feeling good, you know, for, a, a, you know, a little bit. I just all of a sudden, uh-oh, I was about ready to go down and get tested. And then I suddenly realized it had more to do with me drinking so much caffeine, which I've cut out. But it was so this is what so we're going to be dealing with the coronavirus. Is it we going to are we going to get a second wave in the fall? And, and so those are the three things that are going to be affecting the markets. Now, a, a couple thoughts: the elections. Look, I, I've said this once. I've said it a million times in the show. Ronald Reagan won in a landslide against was it Mondale McGovern? Well, anyway, uh, but they made it seem like. The uh, the other guy was going to win. The press did. And by the way, this was when it wasn't even that partisan. I mean, because because people people like to see a horse race, and so you know you're going to sell more papers. But my point being is, this one is really up in the air. It's going to be an incredible, the probably the hardest fought election I think since the Civil War. I've been saying since maybe uh, 1920s uh, in that range. I, I think you're probably going back to the Civil War on this. Because it's really two, you know, two different directions for the country. One is more socialist, communist, although people don't realize a lot of people. But and the other is more free market, capitalist, democracy. And, 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 and so this is going to be a bitterly fought election. And, and so this is going to affect the markets. Uh, number two is the, the, uh, the uh, coronavirus, which, again, if, if we get in there, it should October – as we get into November, it could come back. We'll wait and see. We, uh, the, the good thing about the coronavirus is I'm, I'm hoping by sometime in October, we're likely to hear some really positive things on some vaccines. Keep in mind, well over 10 vaccines, it's somewhere between 10 and 20 vaccines are going to work, are be under development. Look, there's a, a lot of those things aren't going to work, but a couple of them are going to work, and you're going to get some positive news there. So that's going to be a positive. But are we going to get the second wave? Uh, most likely it comes back later in November than October, but we'll have to see, see how that's going to play out. And the, and the third thing is the, 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 uh, war, the, the Cold War with China. What we're looking at there is, is a couple things. This can be actually because over the next the couple years is going to be more of a positive because what it's doing is, is it's forcing the United States to move their supply chains from 
not when, when big companies look for or companies look to supply products, you don't go to the cheapest one. Uh, you also go to the uh, you you go to the one uh, you you go to the ones that that are going to be the most reliable. It, it, and the other thing that's happening too is in in the Democratic platform, uh, one of the things that they're going to go after is they're going to try to shut China out of the supply chains because of pollution, which is something I quite frankly think the Republicans need to sit there and put a pollution tax on China right away. I mean, it's inexcusable. We're allowing China to destroy the planet, as we've talked about in the show, 17%, give or take a couple percent of the agricultural land in China is is polluted in the number you get closer to 10%. It's, it's, it's actually unusable of their uh, arable, arable land. Uh, the if, if you look at, I, I want to say it's, it's, it's somewhere between, I think it's 16, 17%, from time to time, 16 to 17% of the pollution in San Francisco, California comes from China. There's so much pollution coming across the ocean. They're in, in launching huge numbers of new coal plants, which if you believe in CO2 is destroying the environment. They're overfishing all around the planet and, and destroying the fishing stocks. Massive water pollution is, is spreading throughout Asia because of them, and they're effectively destroying the planet, and, and they've gotten a free pass on this. So, it's, it, so we should start putting in pollution tariffs, and we should start limiting products if on pollution basis from China, and the Republicans need to do this. But we also need to move our factories back. We, you know, we saw the deal, what happened with Kodak. The stock skyrocketed when they were going to possibly get a loan to produce chemicals back here. That's what the American people want. That we, we should have tax credits, we should have subsidized loans, and whatever it takes to move this, the supply chains back to the United States, that we have secure supply chains in, an emer- in, in a wartime or in a pandemic. And the other thing is, the, the number one thing, it creates jobs throughout the country. And, and this is gonna give us growth. You know, we did some numbers back. We were losing $500, $500 billion uh, on some years uh, on exports to China on a $20 trillion economy. It worked out to be, you know, I looked at there was about two point something percent is what we were losing in GDP per year. Now, one of the negatives is we're going to see more inflation. And this is what we're really going to be looking at. And we don't be really playing. This is why we, we, we told you about one of the reasons we said, look, you want to be in the precious metals, which has been a huge winner this year. It's going to continue to be, I think we're in a correction now, but, but, the biggest driver for deflation over the last 20, 25 years has been China. Uh, people, they, they, they take factories, they move them out, out of the United States, they drop the price of the product 10% here. Of course, a bunch of jobs are lost all over the place, and it's a substandard product over there, but, but the cost goes down. And, and so China has been taking away GDP. They've been depressing pricing throughout the United States of America because of this. What's happening now? A lot of stuff is cut off for China. You're starting to see the pricing go up. So companies are having some pricing power, which means they can pay their workers more. Okay, but but what's happening too is is you're, is it's also causing inflation. So one of the big drivers has been China. That is over. That trend is over now. And, and so now we're seeing a, a, a more of a, a of inflation. This is going to be an inflationary driving trend. This is what you're going to see for your. You're going to have to plan for retirement. It's more for inflation going forward. You know, inflation's pretty insidious. If you look at the number, it doesn't go up like, hey, it's at two percent, and the next year it's at three percent, and the year and a half, you know, two, a year later it's at four percent, and another year it's five percent, another year at six percent, and seven. It tends to go three. Oh, it breaks two, and then it goes to three and a half. And then it goes down at three, and the next year suddenly it's at five, and then it's at seven the next year. It, it, it goes up exponentially and kind of feeds on itself. And, and money supply. So, so we've got that, the, the moving the supply chains from China. One of that's inflationary. Second thing is the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve has bought into the modern monetary theory, at least a number of people at the Federal Reserve, which simply means MMT. It's, it, this is one of the big platforms. It's not a platform of the Democratic Party, but it's a, you know, this is the big push is, look, we can spend as much money as possible because governments are unique. They're not like companies or individuals, so they can declare bankruptcy or, or they can't pay their debts because the, because governments can always just print more money to pay off the debt. Well, we all know where that's going. 
The only people that don't believe that are basically New York Times op-ed writers and, you know, in political operatives in the Democratic Party. It's going to be inflationary. So, so what we're looking at is, is this is coming about. The Fed just added $3 trillion worth of money to, uh, to their balance sheet, buying bonds. They're buying corporate bonds. Right now, Apple and, and, and Amazon are buying are, are borrowing money for virtually nothing for 10 years, while small-town and mid-town uh, American companies and individuals are having to pay much, much higher rates. And so the Federal Reserve is subsidizing these big corporations. Yeah, this isn't, by the way, this is not even... Nobody's even arguing that point. Everybody now realizes what the Fed is doing. I mean, they've gone overboard trying to flood the system with money. And the Democrats don't think that they have to, if they get in, they're going to, the environmental budget alone is going to be $2 trillion over a couple, over two or three years to try to get, to, to rebuild the economy. That, where's that money going to come from? It's going to be inflationary. The dollar's going to go down. So, so this is another thing of, of, of injecting too much money, more inflation. This is what we're seeing. As the dollar, one, as the dollar goes down, as people lose confidence in the dollar, the dollar goes down, our imports become more expensive. Again, products become uh, more inflation goes up. And, you know, people forget many uh, commodities, particularly oil, are priced in dollars. So if the dollar goes down, Oil goes up in price. Now, that's good for Houston, but understand where we're going on this issue. So anyway, a couple of things. So we think we're going to look into more inflationary times. Uh, at the drop of the hat, the Fed, the minute the market, it, this was even before. I don't know if you remember, but back in 19, at the end of 19, there were some problems with the repo market, and the Fed started flooding the system again with money, doing exactly the same thing they did this time. So every time at the drop of the hat, the Fed is going to start injecting money. That's going to be inflationary. And keep in mind, final thing we've got to take a quick break is, Remember, the money supply has gone up at about 18% so far this you know, over the last four months. That's an ex we have never seen anything like that, the money supply growth. Remember Milton Friedman, money supply growth equals inflation? The only thing saving them is, is velocity is plunged because of the lockdown. That velocity is changing. The economy is coming back. The velocity is going to start accelerating. More inflation will be right back after this quick break and talk some more about this right here on the Max Out Savings Show. If you've got savings and investment questions, Ted Gioka has answers. Call the Max Out Savings Show now at 713-339-1070. We'll be right back. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks... When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. 
and that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. The Max Out Saving Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. We're talking savings and retirement right here. If you've got any questions or comments, you can get us a call at 713-339-1070. We had a caller uh, call in off the air, had an interesting point about what about all the pollution in California, which is really rich because uh, California thinks that they're so, you know, they, they've done everything to eliminate pollution. And then they have these forest fires out there that are basically blackening the state. And uh, and now all the smoke is going to be drifting all over the rest of the uh, West out there. And, and and the reason they're having the forest fires because they've not managed their forest well and because they've cut costs everywhere. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what we can do about that. I mean, yeah, we could put a, t- a tax on California, uh, but I think that might vo- violate the Commerce Clause. But I mean, I think it brings a point. I mean, there, there's, uh, again, uh, Democratic-controlled areas. There, there's forest fires all over the place. They're, they're, uh, they're having electric outages, and the people of California are suffering due, due to bad governance. But, but I, I think this brings a point. I mean, it's not just pollution from CO2, because the, the, the Democrats love CO2 pollution, because what that does is that allows them to control industrial policy, which every good socialist and communist country wants to do, and that's their kind of backdoor way to do it. But there's pollution from forest fires, there's air pollution from China, there's uh, uh, metals pollution from China, there's water pollution from China, there's destruction of our fish stocks around the world. We talked about the rainforest being destroyed. The biggest CO2 sinks in the world are being destroyed to put in farms and stuff to supply China in Brazil and other places. I mean, it's very sad. It's time we start looking at some of these environmental issues and quit trying to get into social planning with the Democrats. Now, what, do we have a phone call coming in? Yeah, we have Jim on the line. Yeah, hi. You had a question uh, for us. Hello? Yeah, hello. Go ahead. Uh, yes, uh, I didn't uh, hear me uh, hear you cut into me. Yeah, I was just uh, wondering uh, uh, what the uh, odds are for hyperinflation in the United States where a wheelbarrow full of cash buys a loaf of bread, and I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. Okay, that's a good question. That's ways off. If you look what that happened in Germany, it was because it was because they they the uh, the Allies insisted upon reparations from World War One, and and they, and and so they they didn't have enough money, and they were borrowing too much money uh, going forward. Look. It, unless we get this spending under control, we're eventually going to have that, and and how it will how it will play about is going to be a drop in the dollar. People will lose confidence in the dollar. Now, what what you've got to hope is is the way we get through this thing is 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 the Federal Reserve that they ran in this Federal Reserve, which at the minute of, the, of you know the, the drop of anything that the Fed the Federal Reserve panics and floods the system with money. The, the it, we we talked about this on the show. The uh, the Fed uh, Neil Kashkari, a Fed governor, was said that what they'd like to do is put a third thing in. Right now, the Fed has has monetary pol- they're responsible for inflation, price stability, and also full, full employment or full employment. They want to try to keep employment reasonably good. And they want to add racial uh, equality into it. And, and, and that's just a short – once you do that, then it's going to be also income equality. And so it, once the Fed starts going – the minute he made those comments, the dollar started falling and gold took off like a rocket. And so if people think the Fed's going to go that way, we're eventually going to get a hyperinflation. What I think is going to happen is I think they're going to start reining in the Federal Reserve. Uh, I, I think – I think we need to move these supply chains back from China, really rebuild our industrial capacity in the United States. If we do that, we'll be okay. If we, if if, if the Democrats come in there and begin gigantic uh, spending programs, I think you're going to see a lot of inflation. I think it's going to cause a loss of confidence in the dollar. The danger with the dollar is 
it's the world currency, which gives you a lot of opportunity and strength. But it's also, it's a two-edged sword because if people lose confidence in your dollars, there's just no one, there's the enormous amount of dollars that come could come pouring back into the United States and people start fleeing the dollar. That would cause a really massive inflation. The 18% increase in money supply is very disturbing. Do we have another phone call? Yeah, we have Larry on the line. Yeah, go ahead. You had a question for us. Yeah, this is Larry. Yeah, Ted, um, my question is, you talk a lot about the market, and and, uh, I love listening to your analysis. Tell me a little bit about your firm. Do an infomercial, if you would, for your firm as far as, you know, financial planning, you know, taxes and retirement. You know, do you offer all those different services? And I'll I'll just listen. Thank you. Oh, that, that, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, Maxwell Advisors, which is our advisory firm, we we manage – uh, clients' retirement assets generally. It, and what we are is we're value investors in the stock and bond market. And and, and so we do a lot of value analysis, which I think we, over time, particularly if you get flat in down markets, tends to way outperform markets. But on rising markets, it doesn't do quite as well. But I think we're coming into some more problems. And then we do a lot of macro work and do a lot, which look look at the economies, the world, and try to get in, in different sectors we think are going to do well. Like you know, we think right now inflation's coming back. We've been in the precious metals in, in sectors like that. We're moving some into agriculture now. Uh, again, more inflation plays in, in, in growth plays. Uh, some of the when the markets were down, we picked up the industrial sectors there, and so we try to make decisions there. We do some plan. Typically, we do uh, we do a simple financial plan, very simple to kind of see where you are, are you for retirement? How much can you take out for retirement? And what do you need to do to go forward? We also have some uh, people that we work with at the company too, that I can uh, bring in that we, they do some very high end planning if need be. Uh, And so that's, that's what we think. We, we typically set an account up at, we use TD Ameritrade to hold our assets. And then we, uh, we manage them, and each person has their own separate managed account at the firm. So, yeah, if, if you'd like to sit down with me, uh, just go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com, and you can request an appointment, and we'll, we'll get one set up for you. So appreciate that, by the way. Thank you. Uh, back to inflation. Look, I don't think we're going to get a hyperinflation. I, the United States has always pulled back. They put Paul Volcker in there when it was a problem. Uh, we had, uh, we uh, I think it's uh, uh, Miller, uh, G. Gordon Miller, I think is what it was, uh, William Miller. But uh, before that, as Fed governor, and then they put when it started getting out of control uh, in the late '60s, said they put in Paul Volcker, and Paul Volcker shut things down. I think you're going to see the same type of thing happen in here eventually. Uh, we made the first important thing we had to do. We had to take on China. And, and the American people elected uh, Donald Trump to do that because they realized China was a problem. And the elite class in this country just had too big of a vested interest in China. And, 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 they, and they were just – they didn't understand what had happened. It was it was a great idea. I mean, I, and we all supported reopening China, but China took advantage, and they were never able to stand up to China. The American people put Donald Trump in there to do that. If inflation starts getting out of control, they're going to do the same thing with the inflation. But for now, you've got to start planning for inflation in case something goes wrong. We live in a very dangerous world right now, and, and we've got the coronavirus. We've got China. We've got Russia. We've got huge problems in the Middle East. Iran, Iran continues to be a problem. And, and even then, we took, took care of Suleiman was the main problem. He was the architect of an enormous amount of what went on in Iran. We basically crippled them when they did that, but we'll have to see. So we've got a lot of things out there. The United States has always been the locomotive that pulled the world out of a recovery. Now, China's become a locomotive, but if we pull the, the, the supply chains back to the United States, rebuild the country, then we're going to regain the lead and, and, and come back. But, but we do have to prepare some more inflation because the number one driver for deflation has been China, and that's over now. So you have to protect your retirement. A um, couple of the things I wanted to just touch base on here, the uh, – Interesting thing, a couple things on the Wall Street Journal here. Uh, uh, COVID-19 cuts coming to an end at some companies, pay cuts. You know, they're starting to pay. They're starting to give some bonuses at these companies, which is good. They're starting to rehire. That's what we want to see. Uh, COVID-19 is dividing the American worker. They're saying that 
remote working and automation could accelerate inequalities. Look, what you get, what we need to get back, we've got to get back the manufacturing back to the country. But it's not just the big manufacturings where uh, Ingersoll ran us, but it's all the suppliers, the little suppliers. We have to have those back. And this is why you're seeing a lot of people open up companies. If you notice on Shark Tank, all of them want to build a product, but then they want to then they want to immediately source it to China or somewhere as cheap as possible. We've got to get those things back into the United States. We've got to rebuild that 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 capacity for manufacturing smaller parts, smaller things, and do it, and you're seeing it. Because what's happening, a lot of people are losing their jobs. A lot of people are starting companies, enormous amounts of new companies started. The restaurant business has been a disaster, but underneath it, lots of other people are starting internet companies, manufacturing companies, and things like that. So we are rebuilding the country. It's just taking some time. So if you want to get in, I've got time for a couple more questions. Uh, 713-339-339. 1070, that's 713-339-1070. Oh, one thing I wanted to cover, there was a story, there's been a numerous stories on this actually, the, the, the five companies that are basically making up the, uh, the S&P 500, oh, there it is right here, oh, my pile of papers. The five largest stocks have returned 35% year-to-date, well, 595 stocks overall the, on the other S&P 5. This is the S&P 500 have declined 5%. And we're talking about Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, and Google, of course. These things are really expensive. And one thing we saw Friday was these, a number of these were up, uh, but a lot of the tech sector underneath it were down. Uh, the the there was actually a big percentage of stocks. The the Nasdaq hit a high the other day, and there was a big uh, uh, declining stocks made up fifty eight percent of the total uh, of the Nasdaq when the S and P five hundred hit a new high. That's telling you that the that the uh, the advanced decline line is is going down. That means you're you're it, this is not a broad based uh, it's not broad based. The breadth is very poor, and, and and so that's a warning sign in the market. Apple was up huge. They're going to split. I think there's just a lot of hooda on this right now. I'd be real careful with Apple, uh, all of them, because remember there's numerous Republican and Democrat states investigating all these big tech companies for antitrust, for privacy issues, and everything else. I think once we get this presidential election come up, I think you're going to see some stuff come out of Congress that's not going to be real positive for them as well. So everything has gone their way. They had the lockdown, which has made it better for them. We're opening back up again. the, The tide is going the other way on these big tech stocks. So I'd be a little cautious in here. Tell you what, if, if you haven't gone to our website, go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. Sign up for our free report, which we're going to write about some of this stuff in there. Uh, if you need, if, if you'd like to sit down with me for managing your retirement, uh, just you can schedule a request an appointment. Just go to maxoutsavings.com. Until then, remember the motto and the philosophy of the Max Out Savings Show is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. Hope everyone has a great weekend. This has been the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca on AM 1070, The Answer.